Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Good morning, Tekoa Church. My name is Pastor Austin. If we haven't met, I'm the lead pastor here at Tekoa. If it's your first time here, I want to say welcome. If it's your first time back in a while, I want to say welcome. Or if you've been here a long time, I want to say welcome to you. If you are here looking for God, He is already here. And He knows your name, and we believe that He wants a relationship with you. Tekoa Church is here, yes. Tekoa Church is here to connect people to God so that they can find and live out their purpose. We want to see you do that. God cares about you. We care about you. No matter how you got here today or how many times you have been here, we are glad you are here and so is God. Before I get into my message, I have a few things I want to chat about with you. The first of those is that next Sunday we have um, an interest meeting for something called Foster the City. This is one of our partners here um, in the Bay Area and beyond actually now. We believe God cares about the vulnerable especially, and some of those are foster kids. And so this organization helps raise up families so that there's a place for these kids that are supportive. Um, So if you're interested in foster care um, at all, whether it's to be a family or not even a family, you don't have to be that interested. Maybe you just want to support a family. That's one of the visions of this ministry is to bring people around families that are taking this step to care for those in need. Um, And so if you're interested at all, you can chat with Pastor Lauren this morning um, or hang out. It's next week right after service. Um, So I just wanted to let you guys know about that. You don't have to like sign up for anything. You can just come and just even find out more info. There's no like, you know, you're not locked in if you come just to find out. Um, But then the other thing I want to mention this morning is something that we do each and every week. And I take time out of, I've been taking time out of my message because this is such an important part of our service. What we do in part of our worship, it's not just an add-on, like it's an extra thing, but our giving, our tithes and our offerings is an important part of our worship to God. And as we think about celebrating, that's one of the times we celebrate is even we celebrate through our giving. It's part of our gratefulness. Um, and it's part of what we get to do with God because of what he has done for us. So I just want to read a couple verses out of Psalm 54. It says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies in your faithfulness. Put an end to them. With a freewill offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. So the writer of this psalm says, I'm going to give an offering to God. It's a free will offering. It's out of the gratefulness of my heart, because I know what I have comes from God. I just want to encourage you in that this morning, church. If you are grateful for what God has done, if you want to worship him through your tithes or your offerings this morning, you can do that online or at the boxes by the doors any point during service this morning. Well, we're going to jump in. We're jumping into a brand new series this morning called Celebrations. Yes, I'm excited, right? Like, there's extra energy in the room this morning, and I like it. I'm here for it. Um, and this series, I'm grateful for, um, and I was excited for because, you know, it's a little bit lighthearted, more of a topic. We've had some serious topics, which are good, um, but lighthearted is always good. But I want to tell you guys as we get into this, because I don't know your church background. I don't know, maybe you've been in churches that are like really energetic and excited or have celebrated. Um, but I, I know I've been in some faith communities in my past that are a little bit more serious. Um, 
as well. And one of the cool things about this series, as I was doing some research in it throughout the Bible, is there, I didn't realize how much this is God's heart. I was like finding passages and doing research on this. I could preach for the rest of the year every Sunday on this series. There is so much celebration instructed and practiced in the Bible. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach on the same topic for the rest of the year. Um, But that is how valuable and important of a topic it is to God. Um, And the good news is like, this is a good topic, right? It's on celebrations. Um, And so if you want to celebrate more in your life, if you want to know how to celebrate, um, today's message, this series is for you about being able to celebrate. Whether times are good or times are bad, um, God has provided a way for us to celebrate. So my message title this morning is God Wants to Provide an Abundance of Wine. God Wants to Provide an Abundance of Wine. And we're going to look at Jesus at a wedding celebration. And in our passage, Jesus doesn't give just a little bit. He blesses abundantly. He's at a wedding with his disciples, and Jesus is at the wedding. The disciples are at the wedding. They're having fun together. I don't know your picture of Jesus, but if it doesn't include Jesus having fun, you need to expand your picture of Jesus a little bit. He wasn't just a serious guy teaching. He did that too, um, but he also had fun. Um, And the wine ran out, and I'm not, just before we get into the passage, I won't go into all the cultural background, but the wine was really important to the wedding. It was really important to the family and their culture. Um, The family would have lost honor and respect because of this, which was really important to them. And I want to give a note, though, before we get into this. Jesus turns the water to wine, and let me make a few things clear in this. Clearly, Jesus is okay with the drinking of wine because he literally creates the wine. But I also want to just bring up the, the value of this, right? The value of him turning water to wine is up, it is literally a miracle of God. So the value of this to him was up there with healing somebody that had a physical need. It was up there with him bringing spiritual healing to somebody or a relational healing to somebody because he literally did a miracle. He didn't just say, hey, run over there, they've got some wine, like go pick it up. He created it from the water that we're going to see today. But I know that that also makes some of us uncomfortable because we live in a broken world and some of us have had relationships or situations, whether personally or those around us, that alcohol is affected negatively. And the Bible is also very clear on the other hand. Drunkenness is not acceptable. Ephesians 5.8 says, do not get drunk on wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. We're not going to talk about drinking so much today, but I just wanted to put this note out there at the beginning because I know we all have different backgrounds on this. And I think it's important even, you know, we're not supposed to drink so much that we lose control. We're not to drink to escape life. Um, The allowance for drinking is to enjoy and celebrate God's creation. Matter of fact, next week I'm going to dig more into how we're supposed to celebrate, but celebration can go too far. And I think a lot of times in our culture, Our culture doesn't know that there's a difference between those things. It's just I'm all the way in and I'm lost, or I don't celebrate and I'm serious at all. And God has a middle path for us that says, hey, there's a better way to celebrate. And it's not to just lose control, escape your life, um, and go crazy. Um, But it's also not to be serious over here all the time and just, you know, we're supposed to celebrate. All right, so let me get into it. That's my um, background for us. Um, And so let me join in to this. So we're looking at John chapter 2 today, and this chapter I've always found to be, actually before I get to the verse, 
Um, I've always found this chapter to be um, a fun side of Jesus. Um, I've also joked about this myself. See, Jesus turns water to wine in our passage today. And I said, you know what? I'm a pastor. Jesus was a pastor. Jesus discipled people. I've discipled people. Jesus has worked miracles. God has worked miracles through me. Jesus grew up as a carpenter. I've practiced a little bit of carpentry in my life. I said, Jesus turned water to wine. Maybe I should be a bartender. <laughs> and yeah, you laugh. But I, I did. I, went, I took a bartending class. And I was like, this will be fun. This will be like right before seminary. Like this will be a good way to earn some money. I can like meet some people. Um, and so I did that and I took my class and then I uh, got hired for a, a private party and I attended bar for the party and I made just enough money to pay for the class that I took. And then I never was a bartender ever again in my life. And I think God was a little bit in on the joke that I was making. And he was like, yeah, yeah, Jesus was a bartender for one party in John chapter two. And then he moved on with his life. Same for you. One party, and then you're going to move on with your life. That's not what you're supposed to spend your time doing. So let's look at that party where Jesus was, in some ways, a bartender. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? That was not a uh, disrespectful way to refer to your mother in that point in time. Let me just make that clear. I looked into it because I was a little concerned too. Like, is Jesus respecting his mom? That was the proper form of address. He said, um, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I want you to see this. Jesus' mom asks for a miracle from Jesus. She knows he is here to do something special. And she's somehow involved maybe with the hospitality of this wedding. She cares about, and it's probably a family member, she cares about their honor. They're running out of miracle, or they're running out of wine. And she says, Jesus, it's time to step up. Like, I know you can help. And what I love about this is Jesus says no. <laughs> says no. Like, it's not the right time, Mom. Like, I'm going to do things, but this isn't the thing to do. Well, what I want you to see is the response then from his mom. His mom then says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And what I love about that response is that she says, whether the miracle happens or not, we're going to follow what Jesus says. I think that's an important point for us. Whether what we ask God to do or not happens, we're going to do whatever he tells us. And maybe the miracle happens, maybe a different miracle happens, maybe something totally different happens, but whatever it is, we're going to trust and follow whatever God is saying, because whatever it is, she knows it's going to be good. Maybe it's what she thinks she wants, maybe it's something else, but she knows it's going to be good no matter what happens. So ask for the wine, but do whatever he says. Ask for the healing in your life, ask for the job in your life, ask for whatever it is that you feel like you need in your life. By all means, ask for it. We're supposed to come to God with our petitions. But no matter what he says, no matter what he does, be faithful, and you're going to see him work in your life. So in verse 6, it says there was six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. All right, so they had six large stone water jars for purification. They would normally hold water, but not drink. You would not drink this water. So this morning, I don't have six large stone water jars. I've got three big coolers. And these would have been three, or if you added a fourth one of these, 
that was between the amount of water that was in these jars. And, I, and as I studied this, I think that's really, really important. We think about like, oh, like they had like, like there were six bottles of wine uh, on the counter and, you know, he had them fill them up. But Jesus said, you know, take this, servants, they're these, they're giant, go fill them up. And um, I thought about having somebody do this, but it would be kind of challenging here. And, you know, it was probably not pink, um, but, but uh, you know, they would have had to go bucket by bucket out to the well, get the water, and fill it up. That's a lot of buckets to fill up this much water. And they would have been like, this is not what drink is supposed to come out of. Jesus said, fill. And the, the servants responded faithfully. They filled them to the brim, it says. They didn't just fill one to the brim. They didn't just put a little water in each and said, you know what, like, Jesus, here's some water. Like, he would later, right, multiply the, the fish and the loaves. Like, here's a little bit of water in the jar. If you're really going to do the miracle, then you can also fill it up the rest of the way with the water and turn it into wine. No, the servants went and said, this guy seems a little crazy. Him and his mom have this crazy idea. Fill these with water, and then something's going to happen. And they said, you know what, we're going to do it all the way. We need to go all the way to trust fully on faith. This is a biblical principle. 2 Kings 13 says this. It's it. it says we see the prophet and he says to, to act with this arrow and the guy responds and he does a, a few actions with the arrow. And he doesn't go all the way. And God says, well, I'm going to move some then. And there's a principle here, this is my point, is go all the way. This is my first point this morning. When God tells you something, go all the way. The servants went all the way. They said, well, if you're going to do something like we're out of wine, like let's get some, let's get some wine. I'm not going to get one jar of wine. I'm not going to get a little bit. Like let's, if you're going to do it, let's fill it up. And some of us need to go all the way for what God, we're seeing a little bit of what God is doing in our life because we're only giving him a little bit. We're only doing a little bit. We're only asking a little bit. If you go all the way, you're going to see all the way. If you do all of it, God is going to move in it. I know I, I talk to some people or I see people and they're like, I want to see God. I want to know God. They say, I, I doubt God. I don't know if he's real. And I don't know about Christianity or Jesus. Like, I want to live a life where I don't have any doubts about it. I said, well, have you gone all the way in yet? Have you ever stepped out in faith yet? Because those that do for God, those that step out in faith, are the ones that actually get to see God. And then they get to say, I don't doubt anymore because of what I've seen in his life because they've gone all in for God. He wants to move. He wants to bless you with an abundance, but we need to take the step to do it. And if we're over here saying, I don't want to have any doubts. I don't know right now. I don't, I, like, I just want to know first. I want to see first. I, like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want any doubts in my life. God's like, well, if you do and went and trusted me fully, only when you trust me fully, those that trust fully get to see fully. So Jesus said to them in verse 8, now draw some out, and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. You can leave that verse up there for a little bit, because I want you to see something. They went on faith and prayed for the best. And what I really want you to see in this, every time I've read this scripture, something has stood out to me, and I can't prove it without a shadow of a doubt, but this isn't a courtroom, so it's okay. Um, I've been watching too much courtroom uh, drama online. Um, not real life. Um, anyways, um, so Jesus, it says, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And what I want you to see 
is they drew some out and took it to the master of the feast. And then in verse 9, it says, the servants who had drawn the water knew what happened. They drew the water. And every time I've read this, the thing that stood out to me is, I don't think the servants took wine to the master of the feast. I think they took water to him. It was the final step of faith they needed to do. And they went that far, they filled them all the way up with water, and then Jesus says, go, and they took it. They took a ladleful over to him because he would taste it first to say, hey, this is good, we can serve it to everybody. And they took him water, and he tasted it, and it became wine. And they trusted fully even to that point. All right, you can um, move off that verse. And they trusted him fully. Some of us need to trust fully. And, you know, there was multiple steps to this. And if they wouldn't have continued to trust, they wouldn't have seen the miracle. They brought him the water, and it became wine when he tasted it. My next point, uh, verse 10 says, And said to him, everyone, the, the master of the servant said, Everyone who serves good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. My point is God gives good things abundantly. Master of the Feast said, wow, this is the best wine I have ever tasted. Most people like, yeah, you've drunk you've, a little bit, you've partied a little bit. Like nobody cares as much the quality anymore as the night goes on. Jesus didn't just say, yeah, here's some, you know, watery, not very good wine. Jesus made the best wine and he gave it there. God wants to bless you, not with a little bit, He wants to bless you and give to you abundantly. God doesn't want to just give you the leftovers. He says, I want to give you fully. The miracle of abundance in this case, I calculated it out, was almost 150 gallons of wine. 150 gallons. That's why I have the coolers here. Because I don't think we understand the abundance that was created. It wasn't just like, here's a little bit so that you save face. He said, I'm going to make it the best party you've ever had. Enough so that they would have leftovers. I don't think they drank it all at that wedding. I think there was enough for the rest of the year that they could enjoy. God is a God of abundance. And this is what he created. 150 gallons, that's 750 bottles of wine. That is way more than I had at my wedding. That is way more than I think anybody could drink at their wedding. There was enough for the year for them. God wants to bless abundantly. So my third point is be a part of the miracle. The disciples, the servants, the guests all had a different experience at this miracle, at this wedding. What I want you to see is it's important to be a part of it. Verse 11 says, This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is how it concludes. The band can come back up. I'm keeping it short this morning because we're going to celebrate. Not that the word is not a celebration, too, um, but I'm going to keep it short. Who got to experience the miracle here? Everyone at the party. You had to go, and then you got to experience it. There was still an action that you needed to take to experience the miracle, but who got to be a witness to it and whose faith was built? The disciples and the servants. The master of the feast got to enjoy it. Those at the, bridegroom, the bride and the groom got to enjoy it. Everybody there got to enjoy it. But whose faith was built? The servants and the disciples. 
you want to see a miracle, you can come to church and be a part of a community and you might get to see what God is doing. You want to experience a miracle, you need to step out in faith and follow Jesus and see what he has for you to do, to be a part, to respond in faith, rely on his provision. Only because the servants got to rely on his provision did they get to actually see the miracle and be a part of it and not just get to enjoy the result of it. We can all enjoy the result of it, and there's good and there's a place for that. But if you want to be a part of it, you've got to step out in faith so that you can see Jesus move. This is the opening to our series. This is the opening to Jesus' ministry. What did he do? He turned at the opening of his ministry water to wine. He kept the party going and even improved it. It's appropriate church for us to celebrate. So appropriate that Jesus did a miracle to allow it to continue. So some of us think God only moves when life is difficult, or maybe we don't think that, but that's just what we've experienced. His provision, maybe we've experienced, it's like it's barely enough to just sustain us and keep us going, and that's our perspective of God. God wants to do more for us. The family hosting the wedding needed a miracle to save face and to keep the party going in their lives. But God moved to help the celebration. He wants to move. It's appropriate to celebrate together. He wants us to celebrate. Today we're going to have free ice cream after service. I'm excited about it. And it's appropriate to do that as a church. Some of you are like, I don't know about this. Like, church is supposed to be serious. And like, we're in here. No, no, no. Yeah, there's a place for that. But it's also appropriate to celebrate together. Jesus was a God that had he was a guy and he was he was man and he was god and he had fun and he saved people and he did both and it's important church for us to have both that's why we're in this series we can't just be serious we can't just be worshiping a god that only shows up when life is difficult because that isn't truly who god is god is there when times are good and he's there when times are bad he allows us to celebrate when times are good and when times are bad it doesn't have to be good for us to celebrate we can join in because god has done for us god wants to provide an abundance of wine in your life my question for you as we wrap up this morning is what area of life have you run out of wine what area of your life have you run out of wine the party just feels like it's going on but you just you feel like you don't have enough to sustain it you're like i need more but i don't have any more i have run out what area because jesus wants to provide the wine and an abundance so much wine that you have enough that's left over for the rest of the year and beyond he wants to provide an abundance of wine for you. He wants to restore whatever area of life that is for you. He wants to provide not a little, but overflowing, running over, not just a bottle or six bottles, but an abundance of wine. So what is it? Because Jesus wants to provide. I also want to point out one last thing about this passage. Jesus had them fill up six jars that were there for the purification. They were in this system that God had provided that was temporary for the time until Jesus would come. And the system was such that they knew they were not perfect people. They had all sinned. They had all messed up. They were not perfect in their lives. And what they knew is they worshipped a God that was holy and pure and perfect. And because of that, the relationship between them had been broken. And God said, unfortunately, I cannot be in relationship with somebody that is broken because... I will become tainted by that if I'm in relationship with you. But God said, 
this is why I'm here. This is why I created humanity to have relationship with them. And so what they did is they would, you know, temporarily purify themselves with the water or purify the fork or the plate or whatever that they were using at the wedding. And Jesus said, take those jars and that water for purification. And Jesus said, I'm going to turn it into wine. Jesus also did something else with wine. On the night before he was betrayed, he took the cup and he said, this wine is a representation of my blood that is about to be spilled for you. And it is more than enough for you. See, where we couldn't live a perfect life, where we couldn't not screw up, we couldn't sin, Jesus lived a perfect life because he was God in human flesh. So Jesus lived a perfect life and he died on the cross so that he could accept, he could experience the separation from God that we all deserved. Because of our sin, we deserved that separation from God for all of eternity and so he experienced it for three days in the grave. And then God raised him back to new life. And he said, if you believe in me, if you trust in me and choose to follow me, that blood will be a covering for you. That you will experience purification, not just temporarily, but for the rest of your life. And the separation that was needed before God is, no, is now restored. That you get to have a perfect relationship for, with, for, with him for all of eternity because of what he has done. Jesus turned some water to wine, and then the wine would become a symbol. A symbol that his blood was sufficient. And as I said, it was not just a little bit, it was an abundance of wine. So I want to encourage you right now, I want to invite you right now. Do you feel God stirring in your heart and saying, man, I, I need him in my life. I've run out of wine. I need more. I know that I'm broken and I'm messed up and I need help, but I want relationship with him. He wants relationship with you. You just need to trust, as I said, in what Jesus did and choose to follow him. So would you guys all bow your head and pray with me right now? And if you want to choose to follow him, you can just echo these words in your heart. Jesus, I believe you came for me. And I believe you died for me and rose to new life. I choose to follow you. God, I pray right now over this people. I pray for the situations where people have run out of wine, where they need your provision, God. I pray for right now those that are in this room that have a marriage that needs your provision. It feels like it's run dry and they're out of wine and the celebration and the party ended a long time ago. And they're here right now, God, and you say, I want to provide. I want to restore that. I want to bring life to it. I want to bring new wine to it. God, I pray that they would experience that right now. I pray for those that are in a job or maybe they've lost a job and they need your provision. God, I pray that right now that they would see that you are providing, that the wine is coming. Lord, they have run out. They are dry. They don't know what to do. They have just run out of hope. But God, you are providing. You want to move in their life. I pray that you would provide right now for the jobs of those that need them in this room or that are listening online. I pray for healing. Those that are here right now that have just, that their vessel is dry. They say, I need you, God. I'm, I, physically, I need you. I just don't have enough. God, I pray that you would be moving miracles even right now, that your Holy Spirit would be moving in this place, that people would just experience as they turn to you and open their hands and their arms to you and say, God, I want more of you. Somebody in this room right now that you could just lift your hands up to him and say, God, I want your healing. I need your healing. And he wants to pour it out. He says, I have wine abundant for you. I have provision abundant for you. I pray for people in this room that need the joy of you. God, they're like, I showed up at church on Celebration Sunday, and I couldn't be further from wanting to celebrate right now. God, there is joy even in that moment. 
because of what you have done for us on the cross and because we get to look forward to what you're going to do in our future. I pray for those that need joy right now that you would bring joy, that they might have that vision, that you are there for them, that there is good coming. Those that say, man, for so long I have felt like just hit after hit after hit, that they might know that there is joy coming for them, that there is goodness coming for them, that they can celebrate now for what is about to come, that even through the celebration, maybe you're going to move. God, as they trust in faith and move in faith, that they would see your provision of the miracle that they need in their life. It hasn't arrived yet, but they can be celebrate what is going to come. I pray for those that need hope right now in their life, God, that you would move and bring hope and peace for those that need hope. Somebody that is scared right now in this room, Lord, that you would bring an overflow of peace in their life. God, that your Holy Spirit would just cover them and say I, that they would know, God, that you have them, that you have protected them, that you have covered them. Lord, that whatever they are afraid of, God, that you are providing. Lord, that you have them in and your overflowing love might just fill them up right now and cover them with your presence, God, that they might just experience peace in a way they've never experienced it before. Lord, it doesn't matter what's going on in their mind or their heart or their soul, but there will just be a peace that comes from you, God. We lift these up to you, God. Amen. 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 We're going to respond with um, some worship church, and I want to invite you into this next song that we're going to worship with. We're going to sing a song. It's a new song for our church called New Wine. It's about another teaching of Jesus about wine, but I think it's really applicable to us. It's about God making new wine for our lives. And Jesus said he didn't come just to continue and keep things the way they were. Thank you for that, Jesus, because I needed more in my life. Thank you for that. But he came to make new things. He came, church, to bring dead people to life. He came to bring hope to the hopeless, church. He came to bring life to the lifeless, peace to the fearful, and he came to do a new thing. And he wants to do a new thing in your life. An important part of this is that Jesus says in this passage about new wine is that there are those that are have tasted the old wine and they're satisfied with it. They're satisfied with what they have as it's enough. But Jesus wants to give you more. If you ask him for more and if you come to him for more, you need to let him do the miracle in your life and he wants to pour out abundantly. Let him work in your life. So I want to invite you guys, let's stand up together right now as we respond. I want to invite you, if you're comfortable, sing along with us and let these words be your prayer. If you need to, just let these words wash over you and let them become the prayer of your heart. Ask Jesus for the new wine that he wants to provide for you, and he, you can experience the goodness that he has for you. He wants to move right now, church. Let's sing together. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.